shout your praises now. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. I will sing forever of your love. Come down. I once was blind. I could not see the chains of sin that shackled me. But God in heaven heard my plea, Jesus, Jesus, rescue me, Jesus, Jesus, rescue me. I will sing forever of your love, come down with my hands to heaven, shout your praises loud. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me. my soul and hope eternal won't let go my daddy raised at Calvary Jesus Jesus rescue me Jesus Jesus rescue me
There you go. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into song. It's from the 1800s. Anybody here from the 1800s? Let's skip the next one, Dylan. Let's go to Who Is He at Yonder Stall. 
This morning, as we, as we look at, at Jesus and, and uh, everything that him coming meant, we have to make sure we understand who was this baby in the manger. Now, does anybody know this song? We're all right. Two people. We're gonna, we'll be good. We're going to be good. Because there's actually five, right? There's five of us here. I wanted, I was actually going to do this one as a hymn, and I had put it in as a hymn in the bulletin, and I said, Pastor Bob, do you know this one? He didn't know this one. So, but yeah, this is back in the 1800s. It goes like this. Who is he in yonder star? At whose feet the shepherds fall? Who is he? Distress, fasting in the wilderness, and tis the Lord, a wondrous story, tis the Lord, the King of glory, at his feet we humbly fall, we crown him. Now how many of you know it, right? We should be a little better again. Who is he, the people bless? For his words of gentleness. Who is he, to whom they bring? All the sick and sorrowing. is sick. He was here in Sunday school, but he went, he went back home. And I, I know there's a good amount of people that are sick today. Um, so we can definitely keep them in our prayers. Uh, it's not something that any of us hope to get, um, but we can definitely be praying for them. A couple of announcements. Choir will have practice today after the service. We're going to move some of this stuff. Uh, and and uh, thank you to all who participated in, in the decorations. Uh, looks, looks absolutely beautiful. Um, but choir will practice after the service today, and they're going to meet next week at 8.30. So just because you see the trees up here, you are practicing today. Saturday, January 12th at 5 p.m., there's going to be a showing of Jonah in the Fellowship Hall. It's something you don't want to miss. It's going to be great. If you've ever been, who's been to Sight and Sound before? Okay, it, it's not... 
you're not going to have a camel walk beside you. We, we don't have the budget for that, but, but it is going to be a great, great time. It is definitely worth coming out, and there's going to be food, chili and cornbread, so we hope that uh, it's definitely something you come to, and there's a sign-up out there. There's a great amount of people signed up already. It's going to be a, a wonderful time. Dylan Bowman has an announcement that he would like to make, and I think as he's coming up, we should give him a round of applause. He made the video last week that we showed of 12 months of serving. That was, that was pretty good. All right, well, thank you. Uh, I have a quick announcement about the 12 months of serving for this year, or upcoming year. Um, last year, the Sunday schools and church members of Word of Life came together to create and put into motion an action for each month that would benefit members of the community. Uh, Last year in January, we formed a winter needs drive, and it came to benefit the homeless in Harrisburg and other surrounding areas. Uh, due to the successful collection from last year, the Young Adult Sunday School has decided to have the winter drive again this year to benefit the homeless and those in need in areas surrounding Halifax. Uh, we will be collecting winter hats, coats, gloves and scarves and ham, and ham warmers and other similar items throughout January of 2019. Uh, there will be several drop-off locations for the items that are donated again this year. We will be having some drop-off bins at Doughboy's Pizza, uh, Land Pro Equipment, Hornings Hardware, and here at Word of Life, there's a box out in the coat room now. Um, if you know any other place that would be a good drop-off location, uh, please come talk to me or Mr. Pritchard and uh, we will see if it'll work out. Um, we will also be looking for individuals to help us sort these donations at the end of January. So thank you in advance for all your contributions and help, and let's make this a successful drive and be the hands and feet of God. So there, there already is a box out in the fellowship hall. Now, I was here last year as they were sorting through a lot of this stuff, and, and it was pretty cool to see, you know, winter coats from the 1930s, right, and 1940s, and some from the 1980s. And so, I mean, it was just, you don't know where some of them came from. And, and so there is no decade limit on the stuff that you bring. It just ask that it's in good condition. And um, please, please, please go through your closets, empty them out. Uh, if you have stuff that's sitting in there you never wear, somebody else could put that to very good use. Um, somebody that is cold. And, you know, we haven't got a lot of snow yet, but we're gonna. We're gonna, right? All of you that love snow, and some of you want me to go home now. But we... <laughs> Would you pray with me as we begin our service this morning? Gracious Father, we're so thankful that, Lord, that you are here among us. Father, we're thankful that we can gather together as one people. Father, we are one in Christ. We have so many differences, but we have one common thing that unites us all. Father, each person this morning has come here under different circumstances with different things on their mind, some carrying a lot of weight, a lot of worry, a lot of stress, a lot of pain. Lord, may those things go away. Father, may we just focus on you for the next 45 minutes. Father, we ask that we're not the same person when we leave that we were when we came. In Jesus' name. Amen. Steve Bordner is going to come up and uh, have a special music piece for us.
Thank you, Steve, for that reminder that we are here to worship the Lord. I invite you to take your hymn book now as we continue our service. Hymn number 318, When We Walk With the Lord. 318, I'll ask you to stand with me as we sing, and then those in Union Church can be dismissed. 318. If you could take your prayer ministry sheet out, a couple of things to mention, a couple of new things to mention as well, and then we'll pray and, and move into our message this morning. Uh, Darlene mentioned that her brother Clark Enders is in the hospital, so we'll be praying for Clark. If you could keep him in your prayers. Um, I think he's at Holy Spirit. Is that right? All right, Holy Spirit. I received a letter from Tim Wilbert, and let me, let me read this to you here. It says, Nancy was moved out of ICU Friday p.m. Praise the Lord. Let me just switch to this one. All right. 
She's now in the north wing of Harrisburg Hospital under the care of Select Medical Room 558. 558. This will be the first stage of rehab. Pray for rehab for speech and swallowing. Then the feeding tube in the nose can be removed. God is good all the time. Thank you for all the prayers. It is making a difference for our family. God bless you all, Tim and Nancy. So again, in Harrisburg Hospital, room 558, and, and Tim said to me this morning, he grabbed my hand and said, there's been improvement. There's been improvement. So let's continue to pray for improvement. All right, let's continue to pray that the Lord provides healing for, for Nancy and continues to keep Tim and the family strong. Uh, other people as well. Pastor Bob is sick. Um, there are other people that are also fighting different sicknesses right now, different illnesses. Um, we can definitely keep them in our prayers. This is the time, right? Tis the season. Tis the season. Um, so let's, let's keep them in our prayers. Would you pray with me this morning? Gracious God, we are so thankful, Lord, that we have the privilege of coming to you in prayer. Father, your love for us is beyond our understanding. And there are times, Lord, when things happen, and we're not exactly sure why they happen. It's, it's in our human nature to search for that answer, to search for that reason, when sometimes we're, we're not going to get it. We just have to trust you. And like Tim wrote in his note, we know that you are good all the time. Father, we pray for the Wilberts. Have a special place in our hearts. Lord, we pray for, for Nancy. We pray for healing. Lord, the Bible says that you are the great physician. Father, we pray that you would reach out of time and space and heal Nancy. Father, we pray for Tim and for the family that you would give them strength. Father, give them peace. Give them confidence knowing that you are with them through it all. Lord, we think of Clark Enders. Father, we pray for healing. Lord, we think of others who are wrestling with different illnesses this morning. Father, we ask that you would, uh, Father, provide healing and comfort for them. Lord, we pray for this church. Father, 2018 is here and almost gone. And Lord, you have been so faithful to us. Father, we look around the room at different ones that we have prayed for this year and seen healing. And we're thankful for that. Father, we're thankful that we're able to sit in this building here in the United States of America without being afraid of someone breaking down our doors. Lord, we thank you for this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So 2018 is here and almost gone. Almost gone. Now when you think back over 2018, some of you have wonderful, wonderful memories. And some of you, 2018 was not your favorite year that has passed. But we still have a couple days before 2019 here. Christmas is done. We had a wonderful Christmas service on the 23rd and a wonderful Christmas Eve service on the 24th. Thank you to all who participated. Um, from, from playing different instruments to singing to praying for the service to putting up decorations. A wonderful, 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 wonderful time. But now that Christmas is gone and it went fast, didn't it? It went fast. The parties are done. All the planning that went into the different family gatherings, that's all done. And now you're thinking, all right, 2019 Christmas, almost here. <laughs> you watch. When we get close next year, I'll remind you I said that. But oftentimes as we get ready for the new year, we start to think of things that we want to do next year. Right? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're not a New Year's resolutions kind of person. Maybe you are, but maybe you're not. Maybe you don't come up with a list of 12 different things that you hope to accomplish next year. I'm not going to talk about New Year's resolutions today. What I'd like to talk about is one thing 
that we need to do as a body next year in 2019. Really, it should start today, right? Each breath is something new, right? So it should start today, but let's continue it through next year. One thing, that's it, one thing. There was a, uh, there's a Christian author by the name of uh, Meg Booker on, on Crosswalk.com, and she gave a list of five different things that Christians should do um, next year in, as far as New Year's resolutions. And, and here are the five things that she said. The first one was time turnover, turning your time over to God, right? Giving more of your time to God next year. The second is reaching out to reinvest. As far as reaching out to different ministries, how can you reinvest in different ministries that are going on? Forge new pathways, teach a lesson, right? And healthy habits. And those were all good things. And as I was reading through and, and some, you know, some of the things I really agreed with, some a little bit different, but, but it was okay, but she didn't hit on the one that I was hoping she would hit on. As Christians, what I think we need to work on next year is walking together in unity. Walking together in unity. Now, I'll explain to you where I'm going with that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body... Through many, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. See, we are one family in Jesus Christ. I think we would all agree in that. If you've given your life over to the Lord, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, you've repented of your sins, you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for you, you're a part of that one family. One body. But Christians don't always treat other Christians like they're a part of the same family. As a matter of fact, oftentimes churches relate more, more to political scenes that you see in Washington, D.C. than how you would treat one another as family members. We allow our preferences to keep us away from what the true goal of the church truly is in making disciples for Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Would you stand with me? I want to read this together. Read this together as one body, one family. Now, I know we all read at different speeds, right? That's okay. That's okay. We're going to read this nice and slow together and, and really pay attention to the words that you're reading. Here we go. So if there is any comfort in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Would you pray with me before you sit? Lord, we ask that your truth would be communicated today. Father, may it be what you want us to hear. Father, remove the distractions, Lord, that we, we may hear just from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Humility and sacrifice. We are one family. 
We are one family together. And, and as you look at different churches around, around the country and you look at different situations, oftentimes Christians don't treat each other like family. Instead, they treat each other at times like adversaries. And maybe you've experienced it and maybe you've seen it. And I'm not saying this is the case in Word of Life Chapel. What I'm saying is that we need to work together to be walking in unity. Paul writes in the very beginning, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, now Paul's if that he's saying here isn't, listen, if it's true, he's, he's basically saying, listen, there is encouragement in Christ, and if there is, you need to listen to me, because Paul knows, of course, there's encouragement in Christ. If there's any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy, Paul's joy. Paul obviously had a very special relationship with the church in Philippi. Right? They, Paul meant something to them, and they meant something to Paul. So complete my joy. Right? They, they were, Paul's saying, listen, I know you care about me. Listen to what I have to say. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Now, what does that mean to be of one mind? To be of one mind. Here's, here's what I do not think it means. I don't think it means that we're always all in agreement about everything. It doesn't mean that because your favorite color is red, that my favorite color has to be red, right? Or because your favorite animal is a horse, that my favorite animal must be a horse. That's not what he's saying at all. I don't think the scripture teaches that, that we have to be in agreement about every little thing. Instead, it's being in agreement about what our ultimate goal and purpose is and walking together in that. Yes, we might disagree on musical preferences, but we still can walk together focused on the ultimate goal. Yes, we might disagree about the, whether to dress casually or formally on Sunday morning, but we can still walk together in pursuit of the ultimate goal, knowing that we are trying to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I also don't think that it means that just because Somebody else is thinking something. You have to be thinking the same thing. See, we can have differences. You know, the church itself is made up of so many different pieces, isn't it? Let's look at our local church here at Word of Life Chapel. What goes into the church functioning properly? A lot. Let's just look at our Christmas and Christmas Eve services. We had people that made up the bulletins, people that folded the bulletins, people that sang and played and, and prayed people that decorated, people that are back in the back working on sound and video, people that are contributing to the ministry of Word of Life Chapel, people that baked cookies and made hot chocolate, people that served them. It goes on and on and on, people that taught Sunday school, and it doesn't mean that just because a Sunday school teacher is, is writing something down that all of a sudden the person playing a guitar goes... And they start studying the same thing. No, no, no. It's not that we're in the same mind, that we're focused on the same. It's not that we're always thinking the same thing. It's that we are focused on the same goal together. And when you're focused on the same goal together, you can walk together in unity. There are different theological perspectives within this congregation. There are different ages and generations. I mean, some of you are Cowboys fans. I don't know how we're supposed to walk in unity with sinners like Cowboys fans. <laughs> I'm just joking. We walk in unity when we have the same goal together. And then Paul goes on to say, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You know, here at Word of Life Chapel, 
I, I believe this church does a great job of taking care of the church. I've seen it time and time again, where there's a need and the church responds. It isn't human nature, it isn't part of our human sinful nature to put others before ourselves. Think about all the advertising that you see on TV, hear on the radio, read in the newspaper. It's always about you, isn't it? You need this. You deserve this. This is what's best for you. Paul presents a completely opposite perspective. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. He says, listen, don't, don't be selfish in the way that you go about your life. Look around for other needs. Take care of each other. Count that person's needs as more important than what you're going through right now. That's not how our mind works. That's not how our mind works. We can only do that through the power of the Spirit. And it's going to the Lord and saying, Lord, listen, I, I know that at times I can be selfish, right? I know at times I can be very selfish and I can put my own needs in front of everything in the world, even in front of, Lord, what you want for me, I'll put my own needs there, my own wants. Lord, help me to focus on what you have and what you want me to do. Lord, help me to have the mind of Christ and put other people's needs in front of my own. Even when, when you say that, it doesn't sit right with our human minds. Putting somebody else's needs, counting other people more significant than yourself. This idea of humility and sacrifice is something that Paul brings throughout this whole chapter. And as he presents these things and says, listen, it's a call to unity. I want you to walk together. He then gives them the example that is above every other example. And we sang about him this morning. Jesus. And here's what Paul says. Have this mind among yourselves. The church in Philippi, have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who though? He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So Paul says, listen, you, you need to walk together, and here's how you're going to do it. Here's how you're going to do it. You need to have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. So how do we walk together? It's only through the power of the Spirit. Right, Because our sinful nature, our, our human desires, the old man, as, as we often will refer to our sinful nature, does not want us to walk together. Satan does not want us to walk together. He wants us as Christians to walk apart. To not be in unity, to not stand, to not proclaim the same message, to become focused on our own preferences, our own desires, and not on the Lord's mission. Paul says here that Christ emptied himself. You know, this, that, 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 those three words right there, but emptied himself, are subject to a lot of discussion and debate in the theological world. What did he empty himself of? So you have Christ who's sitting up in heaven and he empties himself to come to earth. What did he empty himself of? Well, let me tell you what he did not empty himself of. He did not empty himself of his deity. Jesus here on earth was 100% man and 100% God. He did not lose one part of being God by coming to earth. He was still omniscient. He was still omnipotent. And he's still omnipresent. 
He didn't lose one bit of his, of his godliness, of his deity when he came down to earth. What I do think this is referring to is that he emptied himself of being in heaven, of his glory in heaven. He didn't lose any part of his deity, nothing. Not one ounce, not one drop. But he did have to leave heaven to come to earth. He did have to leave all of the glory that he had in heaven to come down to be born and laid in a manger. This, this earth filled with idolatrous people. People that shake their fist at the Lord and Jesus still came here. He emptied himself of his glory, not of his deity. He did that because he had to accomplish something here on earth that he wasn't going to be able to do while in heaven. What do you need to empty yourself of today to accomplish what the Lord has for you? Now, Jesus didn't empty himself of sin, right? It was of his glory in coming here, but it, it applies a little bit differently to us. In order to accomplish what God has set out for us, we have to empty ourselves of things as well. What do you need to empty yourself of? Pride, lust, anger, gossip, revengeful thinking, trying to always keep up with the Joneses and materialism. What's holding you back? What's keeping you from moving towards what the Lord has for you? Now, I can't answer that question for you. Only you can do that. And the truth is, the only way that we can empty ourselves is through the power of the Spirit. Lord, listen, I, I've been struggling with anger this week. I, I need your help. I really do, because I cannot overcome anger by myself. But through your power, I can. Lord, I've been struggling with pride this week. I've been treating my spouse absolutely horribly. I can't overcome that by myself, but through your power, I can. Help me with that. Lord, I've been struggling with lust. Lord, help me to focus my mind on things that are righteous. Lord, I've been struggling with gossip. Help me to mind my own business. And I can't do that by myself. Because I'm a sinner. And I need you. The humility, we need to humble ourselves before God and ask what we need to empty ourselves of. But then we see another part. Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient. Look to the person next to you. Say the word obedient. Let's make sure you're awake here. Everybody say obedient. Uh, you guys didn't obey very well. I tell you what. <laughs> no, but, but this idea of becoming obedient, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Humility and sacrifice. Obedience often requires sacrifice. It leads you to give up something. Jesus, in this instance, died on the cross, being faithful, to the will of God the Father. Now, of course, we know he was going to rise again in three days, and he knew that as well, but the pain and everything he went through was real. The last breath he took on the cross was real. I love the song, the living hope song that we sang. In verse 3, it talks about um, when his body breathes again the third day. That idea of the lifeless body laying there, and all of a sudden, Airs back in. Oh, what a powerful, powerful imagery. But there was a last breath on the cross. See, we, we have our own plans and our own dreams. And, and, and you know, oftentimes, and I've heard this, and I've sometimes even said it, right, that, that God has better things in store. Did you ever hear say that before? Anyone say that before? God has better things in store for you. Bigger plans. And oftentimes what we mean by that, even though we don't say it, is that the Lord's going to have a job for me that pays more money. Or is in a better situation when, when that's not necessarily the promise. In following God's will, he might not lead you somewhere that pays more money. He might not lead you to a place that is very safe for your health. 
He might not lead you to a place where you think that you're being successful. I do think that if you're following the true will of the Lord, he will bring you a contentment and a joy in your heart. But sometimes God's plans lead to very difficult circumstances. Now, Paul's writing here, the book of Philippians, he's writing this from, from prison, right? These are one, one of Paul's prison epistles. So Paul's writing this from experience. He's saying, listen, you guys need to imitate Christ in these ways. Look at Christ as your example. And, and just so you know, I'm in prison writing this to you. I'm not just talking the talk. I've walked the walk. I've paid a penalty here on this earth, so to speak, for speaking the gospel. And I'm going to keep speaking it. Humbling ourselves to becoming obedient. Lord, what do you have for me? Lord, empty me of all of the things that, that are sinful, that, that keep me from growing in my relationship and my walk with you. Lord, may I focus on you. And then, Lord, may you lead me where you want me to go. Whether it pays more money or less money, whether the benefits in the job are better or worse, whether it has retirement or it takes away from my retirement, Lord, take me where you want me to go. Whether it's in the 50 states or somewhere in the middle of Africa, Lord, take me where you want me to go. See, those are scary prayers to pray. Because it seems like sometimes the places we don't want to go is where the Lord says, okay, go there. You don't want to talk to that person? Well, I've already prepared the way for you to talk to that person. Lead me where you want me to go. I remember growing up, I, we used to have chapels in, in our school. And I would sit there and people would come in and they would, they would share uh, different things about their ministry. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I don't want to become a missionary. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't, even into ministry, that was not my plan when I was that age. And I listened to these things and I would feel so guilty I'm sitting out in the, they actually had pews too. I'm sitting out in the pews and, 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 and the preachers and the person is speaking and saying this about ministry and this and that and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. La, 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 la. Right? You don't want to hear it. But when you say to the Lord, Lord, I want to be obedient to you in everything in my life, he's going to put you exactly where he wants you to go. The question is, are you willing to follow? Now, I believe wholeheartedly that both of these things are required for us to walk in unity. For us to walk as one. Each and every one of us must humble ourselves and ask the Lord to empty us of the things that shouldn't be there. And then we, each and every one of us needs to be obedient to what the Lord has called us to do. And when we do that, our focus, when you've emptied yourself of those things and you are obedient to the call of the Lord, your focus is going to be on God's things in God's mission. You know, the craziest thing about all of this is that back in eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. Right? We call it the sovereignty of God, God's all-knowingness. Yet they still chose to create the world. Did you ever think about that before? Back before the beginning of what we would know as time, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit knew every decision that you would make. They knew every outcome it would lead to. They knew that Adam and Eve would take a bite of the fruit and turn away from the Lord. Yet they still decided to create the world. They knew every thought you would think, every sin you would commit, every choice you would have, and the decision that you will make. It's hard to wrap our minds around that. But yet Jesus, in knowing all of those things, in knowing that, that 
and knowing that Israel was going to become an idolatrous nation, that they would turn away from God time and time and time again. That even after Jesus emptied himself, came and died on a cross and rose again, that believers all around the world would continually sin against God, shake their fist at God. Pretend like he doesn't exist as they click through websites on their computer. Pretend like he doesn't exist as they scream at their spouse. Jesus still decided to empty himself and come to earth and save us. See, see, that's, that's what we proclaim. That's how we walk together. Is by saying, listen, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was a sinner. But the blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed me. I didn't deserve it. But Jesus still came, knowing every poor decision I would make, knowing every mean thing I would say, every dumb thing that I would do, he still emptied himself. He still died on the cross. The nails were still driven into his hands and feet. Even though he knew what you would do and what I would do, he still came. That's what we proclaim together. There's hope. 2019 is almost here. May we walk into 2019 together, Word of Life Chapel, as a church that proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. Step by step, hand in hand, pushing all of our preferences to the side. May we focus on the mission of why we're truly here and make disciples of Jesus Christ. I hope you know that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. Because when you think about that and eternity past and how Jesus still came and still died, it blows your mind the kind of love that God has for each one of us. Let's walk together next year. Would you pray with me? God, we're so thankful that we have a chance to be together, to gather together. Lord, you are amazing. And, and to think about the past and where we are today, and, and, and Lord, even think about, about you still deciding to save us, even knowing that we would turn against you, Lord, is something that is just beyond our comprehension. Lord, may we count others as more important than ourselves. May we look to treat one another with more respect than we ever have in our lives. May we walk together as a church. Lord, may Word of Life Chapel be a shining light to all of Dauphin County as we proclaim your message and we walk hand in hand proclaiming the truth that there is hope for every sinner that calls on the name of the Lord. Because at one point, we were all sinners, and now we have eternal hope. Father, thank you for 2018. Thank you for the breath we continue to breathe. Thank you for the trials and the struggles. Thank you for your continued faithfulness. Lord, may you lead us into 2019, hand in hand, proclaiming your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Leonard's going to come and lead us in our closing hymn this morning. Tony, although you stepped on our toes pretty hard this morning, we still appreciate the message. It's something we needed. So thank you for that message of encouragement this morning. I invite you to take your hymn book now and turn to hymn number 349, May the mind of Christ my Savior. 349, will you stand with me as we sing this together? <laughs> May the mind of Christ
Christ, my Savior, live in me from day to day. In my love and power controlling all I do and say. May the word of God dwell richly in my heart and hour to hour so Father, now as we depart as a group, as a church, Father, we may, we may look to you for guidance and direction, and may our life be changed as we heard the message this morning. May we go away from this place a different people than when we came. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we had of worshiping you again, and we pray that your, Lord would, that your will would be done in our lives. Thank you again for your faithfulness to us. And these favors and blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.